Welcome back to episode seven of the Random Assortment Podcast, hosted by me, the big homie Sean. Happy 2023. And guess what? They done fucked around and gave me a mic. And by they, I mean me. <laughs> Today, I'm joined by familiar guests from episode five, Policing is Archaic, Director of Accessibility, Activist Carell Julian, and also special first-time guest, Shani Bellegard. By day, Shani works in internal communications for a bank. By life, she is a storyteller and creative. Shani has a show called Storytime with Shani, where she tells stories from her own life with the goal of bringing joy and inspiration and also life lessons. Uh, Shani and Q are actually working on a podcast entitled Critical Laugh Theory, dropping by the end of quarter one. It's an intelligent socio-political discourse between two friends who can't help but laugh at nonsense. Welcome. Hello. Yeah. How is everybody feeling tonight? Uh, Good spirits, you know, despite everything going on in the world uh, and in America specifically, uh, you know, it's it's black joy over here. We love that. Black joy is definitely the the vibe, right, at this very moment. Black joy and sourcing the energy of that one white lawyer who was like, what is that? Yo, <laughs> that was actually funny as fuck. I wasn't expecting sourcing him to come out like that. In this moment. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. In the spirit okay. of black joy, you know, uh, Black History Month is here. It's prevalent. It's my birthday month. So we're going to start off Ooh, with a little. Too. You too. Are you oh a Pisces? No, I'm an I'm an Aquarius. Okay, yeah, it's I'm, all bad. I'm it's all a, bad. I don't think it matters. What, um, sir, Libra yeah. season is over. Thank you. Oh, what what day is your birthday, Shannon? On the long track back to it. <laughs> Not right Everything now. Everything else is just a journey to Libra Libra season. Right now, so, it, it's all about uh, well, Aquarius and Pisces. You heard. When is your birthday, Shani? Mine is February 6th. Okay, mine is February 26th. Oh, look at that. Right? right. Look at that. You see that? Oh, it sounds like a hater in our bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard it too. Sounds you know, like a, I didn't want to say it. Like, and it makes sense because he's a Libra. Yeah. So, very yeah. fitting. Yeah. I'm sure if we looked at his birth chart, it'd be hateration and holleration up in this dancery. <laughs> All of it is birth chart. And don't have me pull your my chart. You know I will. I love it for you. In the spirit of Black History thing. Month, guys, I like to start off with a little Black History Month trivia. Okay. Oh, okay. Sounds right. good. We yeah. did for the last episode. So did we? Did we do Black History Month trivia? We just do black people trivia, period. Oh, that wasn't. period. You know, it's all about black people. What other kind of trivia are we going to do? The fuck? <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah, Carell. What's the problem with black trivia? You understand? Huh? Oh, I just feel like y'all being a little prejudiced or whatever. It's Black History Month, nigga. Are we going to do some? <laughs> we going to do some white people history on Black History Month? <laughs> they give us white history okay. just because. Okay, so let's ignore little Candace Owens with the Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> oh, oh my God! And, she, and uh, she is, she is one of those. Okay, definitely one of those. Okay, number one, okay. I need four Black historically activists who are celebrated today. 
Can you repeat that? Oh, Lord. Name four black historically <laughs> activists who are celebrated today. Four. He said four black need, activists who are celebrated people, today. Yes. Or do you want... Run that back. You want each of us to name four? Or you want like... No, collectively. Name? Collectively. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, how about Bayard Rustin? Okay. Yes, that's a good one. Yes, Ida B. Wells. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sojourner Truth. Ooh. Uh, Zora Neale Hurston. Ooh. Uh -huh. Y'all fancy. Yep. Y'all real fancy. <laughs> Those were not the well, ones that I was... you thought we were going to say Martin, Malcolm, and Rosa? Yeah, hello. You I thought y'all was going to be basic though. as fuck. I was ready to be like, um, Martin? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence? <laughs> <Yo>. Eddie Murphy? <laughs> I was expecting maybe Edgar Nixon, you know, Marcus Garvey, or Rosa Parks. None of that. Okay. No, we're not. I like we're it. not Dr. Umar. I love That's it. Marcus it. Garvey would have probably been next for me. He's a, he's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, despite this activist's storybook depiction of racial defiance, she spent six decades fighting racial justice alongside her husband, who was also an activist fighting Jim Crow. Name that activist. I mean. Are we talking about Miss Coretta? No. Okay, because I didn't really hear the question. I just yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, is, is it, I mean, it, it's not Betty Shabazz, is it? No. I'll read it again. Okay, can you repeat the question? Yes, <laughs> I can. Despite this well, activist's like, story, without the hood nigga? no. How how do I do that? <laughs> is there like a hood nigga switch turn off? All right. Despite this activist's storybook depiction of racial defiance, she spent six decades fighting for racial justice alongside her husband, who was also an activist fighting Jim Crow. Hmm. She spent well, six decades. The American public school system has failed me. <laughs> mm. well, and you know, funnily, it hasn't. This is about it, it, it just didn't. Uh, well, it, yeah, it you has. Have, I know I'm you normally have hints, so give us a hint. Uh, her husband's name is Raymond. Child, just go ahead and say the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer, uh, which I think is a very important one, is Rosa Parks. Because you know what they teach oh, you we about Rosa. She, we didn't know her husband. We don't know him. And Mikey Keith Palmer A lot of people don't. But you know I'm that she, she actually joined the civil rights movement because of her husband. Who was doing a lot of work um, underground oh, I in Alabama? She was working as a secretary for NAACP, so I thought you know she was getting checked too. So yes, but it, you know the you story know, that they tell about Rosa is like this, like cookie cutter shit about her just sitting right. in the back of the bus. But she was doing so much more work, and she spent a lot of her time trying to talk about that work. But it just got overshadowed well, by the, the white man's depiction. You, you know what? It's fine. We don't have to like cotton pick about like what work she. Oh, cotton pick, sir. Let's use yeah, different terminology. Please. No, I guess what I'm just saying is like I was going to say, like wasn't wasn't the majority of her work? Cause she was very reticent mm. for joining the civil rights movement until after she was chosen to be the light skinned face of it for that specific moment and then after that she dedicated all of her life to it but she wasn't super dedicated prior no she and was I actually I don't, I don't think she was reticent because because of, to join i think she was reticent to be exposed at a and on a huge platform like to be because she knew that this was gonna this you know setup of you know the whole you know um being defiant on the bus <clears throat> was essentially gonna put her life at risk right right she gonna let that dark-skinned woman what was her name uh oh I forget. You mean that? I don't think she was. I think she was a girl. I think she was a teenager, actually. But I actually forget her name. I'm sorry. Is it Claudette or Claude? Claude. All right. Okay. 
All right, number three. No, we need to look. Actually, let me look it up. Oh, <laughs> yes, real quick. Let's get yeah. that. I think, is it Claudette Walker? Is it Claudette from City High? <laughs> oh, shut up. What would you do if you saw was at home? <laughs> I was about to be like, hey, Claudette Colvin. <laughs> it's her name. Oh, yeah, it's Claudette Colvin. Yes. Colvin, sorry. Claudette Colvin. Ooh, inappropriate. And she was 15. Wow. <clears throat> But she was arrested for refusing to give up her seat uh, to a white woman. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later if it comes up. But yes, it was Claudette no, Coleman. Because that's just the type of podcast we have. And, and Claudette <laughs> is still alive. Mm, She's 83 nice. years old, born 1939 in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. She has two children, Raymond Coleman. I'm guessing that's the junior. To, uh, to Actually, no. Uh, what, I don't know who her husband's name is. And Randy Coleman. <clears throat> very nice, very nice. Y'all ready for number three? Yes. <clears throat> this woman, credited as the first black woman millionaire in America. Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. Oh, my right. God. Come on. I didn't even get the whole question out. I kind of choked you on my water. You said first black, first black, black woman millionaire. Yeah. I, I choked on my water, yeah, so I'm she... glad that you actually uh, got that out. <laughs> what did you say about Summer Walker? Yo. Shut up. <laughs> I love Summer Walker, by the way. She's a whole entire vibe. She's All right. Mother. Number four. Who was the first black woman ever named in the cabinet of the U.S. president? In the cabinet of the U.S. Was it Barbara? Wasn't a Barbara, Shirley. Huh? It wasn't a Barbara, Shirley. Are you saying Shirley? You know, you're not trying to call me up. Oh, my God. I know. But uh, she served in the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under the Jimmy Carter administration. Do we know that black woman? Is she still? Is she still alive today? Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. (laughs) That you not knowing? You know, everything wants me to. But the first black woman, I feel like it's um. Why is her name alluding me? I can't time y'all. I didn't time y'all for the little questions. That doesn't count. Okay. You know who I want to say? And just because she's amazing, but I don't think she ever did that. Uh, Auntie Maxine. Oh, oh what? Maxine you know, I, Waters? Yeah, I just know she's old. She had to be around during whatever was going well, on. Well, Maxine, first of all, she's in her 80s, but doesn't look it. Okay, her black is Dr. Cracking. Okay, no, I'm good uh, with that. And she looks like she, she definitely takes some of the younger congressional people and spanks them over her knee. Like, she still looks like a traditional <laughs> black grandma. She definitely is asking people to spit out their gum into her hand. Yes. And <laughs> pinching pinch, pinch ears, dragging people by the collar, all of that. <laughs> um, we, her name was Patricia Harris. Was okay, no, I definitely would not have gotten that. So, uh, You'd be coming up with the good uh, quiz stuff. You need to save that for Jeopardy. You know, Ooh. listen... The first three were me. The next ones after this are all from different websites. Don't judge me. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Number five. In 1849, a Virginia slave named Henry Brown decided to mail himself to freedom. Did he succeed or fail? He failed. He succeeded. Packaged oh, in a three by two by two. No, I was going to say he succeeded, but that was going to be a wild guess also, sir. Uh, you would have been right. Uh, he arrived safely 26 hours later at an anti-slavery society in Philadelphia. 
God, I do love that for him. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Nigga mailed himself in the box. Y'all didn't know it was a living human being in there? Anyway. In the box? Well, you know, they were delivering, uh, 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 I was say groceries. They were delivering, delivering packages on, like, they were also they delivering groceries, apparently. That's a hard, but could you imagine going for 26 hours in a box? Like, you have to be, like, extremely still, you know, at times where you're being transported, obviously. And still extremely quiet. I, if you see, what do you do? Right? Like, there's that's all these amazing. Like, they couldn't smell the fried chicken coming out the box. Like, you just know. Nope. I know. Nope. I was going to mail myself. Nope. I would need, like. Nope. Food, some drink, some. He, he may have pee. had something in there, you know. I think the last thing you want to do if you're trapped in a box for 26 hours is to drink or eat anything. Oh, good point. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, like, but that doesn't mean you're not going to pee and need to poop, mm-hmm. right? Like, just because you ain't. Well, eat. I think the I think the pooping you can withhold for 26 hours. I yeah, think the peeing is a, a lot harder. Keep that for him. The peeing, especially. Maybe he had a cup and like some Tupper. No. Yeah, like one of them. Well, it's it's eighteen forty nine. Let's be let's be clear. We're being being realistic or pragmatic about this. It's eighteen forty nine. You said Henry Brown was a slave, correct? Oh uh, yes. Say a lot of slaves didn't have proper hygiene, not because they didn't want to, but because they oh, yeah, because yeah. the conditions they were forced to work in. Also, so I'm point. sure working in the field, they weren't taking bathroom breaks, so many of them had to go on themselves to use the bathroom. Hmm, right, so I'm sure it's how to see avoid doing that and leaking all over right the place. In, into I, the box well i think these i think these boxes were like wooden boxes not cardboard they didn't have cardboard boxes i think you probably in a wooden crate or but something like that so everything in a wooden crate like a, yeah but you act like but you act like he's peeing like a racehorse like it's like it's gonna be <laughs> dripping like a, like a storm i think it i think when you're urinating um, especially if you're wearing clothing, yeah, it may get attached. Um, to your the clothing will absorb it, and if there is this, it's minimal leaking. And remember, you're probably in a wooden crate uh, on the back of like a metal carriage. So I don't think anyone is looking to be like, what is what is that leaking? What is that smell? I'm sure everybody was musty back then, whether no, you were a slave or a slave owner or a regular person. But but I mean, then on top sense. of that, I'm just saying it. imagine the fear of being inside of that box and, and worrying about like peeing and, and being caught. So, you know, that kind of pressure could also push him through 26 hours, I think. Yeah, I think. And uh, mind you, I'm sure at some point he probably fell asleep. Had to. Mm-hmm. Snoring all in the... Yeah. I would have fell asleep. Listen, they would have had to give me a motherfucking perk <laughs> 50 in that bitch. I would have snored like, what the <laughs> 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 right, number six. Juneteenth, which became an official federal holiday in 2021, commemorates this. Juneteenth. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to answer? <laughs> okay, there's no buzzer. Like, okay. <laughs> Yo. Um, the, the day uh, that the last slaves were emancipated in Texas. I forget what city, though. Galveston. Galveston, yeah. Yes, correct. The emancipation of enslaved African Americans in the U.S. Number seven. Who was the first African-American influential author to win a Nobel Prize for literature? Toni Morrison? Correct. Check you out. You want to roll, Shani. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Number Excuse eight. me? What was the hated Right? What, what happened? No, no, no. All I asked is, like, you can I mean, listen, I'm pretty sure that at this point in time, we're, like, tied. Maybe. No, I think I'm ahead. I, I, I do I'm think Shani's like, ahead. I wasn't counting, but I think Shani's ahead. 
Well, like, oh, Listen, wait. we revoked your black card Ooh. last game, so you know you want the nice, bro. Oh, thin ice. <laughs> Ooh, he, you know when he's using white man terminology, you're on thin ice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> barking up the wrong. <laughs> Look here, pal. Yo. All right, number eight. Before he was elected president of the United States, Barack Obama served as a U.S. senator for which of these Midwestern states? Illinois. Correct. Both of y'all at the same time. Come through. No, it wasn't It was at the same time. I was before. I was before. Because you have a stuttering problem, Joe. Yo. Because you're applying. Now you got a speech impediment. I said I'm first. You know what? For the for the listeners, y'all heard it. Play it back and then drop down in the comments or whatever, you know, we'll see however you can, who and let us gave know that, that answer I won. first. Okay, I, I think it was at the same time, but you know, we'll let the people decide. Did it come through at the same time for you? Because maybe it's just a lag in time on like the internet. Ooh. Now you want to blame now it on Now you want to blame it on, on Verizon. It no, I went first. <laughs> but, like, if he, maybe he got it, you know, because he's in, you know, see, North Kakalaki. See, Ooh. see, now Shandy said it first, just because of that. Uh, <laughs> number nine, when did the first African-American woman graduate from a nursing school in the U.S.? 1887? Ooh, very close. 1879. Her name was Mary Ooh. Eliza Mahoney. I was close. And she graduated from New England Hospital for Women Training. All right, number 10. In 1870, what state elected the first African-American to be seated as representative in the United States Congress? This was when Thurgood Marshall was elected, right? No, I'm thinking something else. Never mind, never mind. What? No, (laughs) Thurgood Marshall was... I know, I know, I know, I know. know. Listen, I'm thinking something else. I'm thinking something else. Oh my God! It was your, it was your YouTube TikTok history. Yeah. Eighteen. Can you repeat the question one more time, please? Yes, ma'am. In 1870, what state elected the first African American to be seated as a representative in the United States Congress? California. Incorrect. It was South Carolina, actually. Surprisingly, uh, his name is wow. Joseph. That Rainey. is very surprising, right? Isn't it? So, I got a bonus question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who was the first African American to serve as the United States Secretary of State? Wow. The very that, uh, first United That escapes me because I didn't even know there was a black in the past black Secretary of State. Yep. He was the 65th from January 2001 to January 2005 under the George Bush administration. 2001. So he was alive under Bush? Yep. Not like Colin Powell. Yes. Oh, correct. yes. <laughs> you got it, buddy. What? The minute you said 2001, I was like, that nigga did that shit back then. <laughs> that nigga did <laughs> I know that nigga. Colin Powell. Yo, I'm not sure who won that round, actually. But we're going to play that back and check it out. said, I'm not sure who won, who won that. Who, you know, which one of y'all got more answers right? Was y'all counting? Oh, my God. Judgment no, home. I wasn't counting because I had better things to do. Like, Hello. <laughs> she was a count, John. Get somebody else. Please. Uh-uh. Get somebody else. <laughs> uh-uh. So we got a few topics on the agenda for today. I want to start with this one, which is going to drain all of my energy, which is Tori versus Meg. 
And if you've been under a rock, Tory was found guilty in the Los Angeles Superior Court on three charges, including assault with an automatic firearm, negligent discharge of a firearm, and possession of a concealed unregistered firearm. Uh, he is facing 22 years and eight months in prison and also deportation. Uh, Tory Lanez. Are you reading Carell's? Oh, you're talking about Tory Lanez. I thought you were reading Carell's arrest record. Okay, my bad. <laughs> uh, Tory Lanez, whose real name is Daystar Peterson. Uh, his... <laughs> okay, can I, can I start by just saying I found out today his dad's name is Sunstar, and that there's a whole entire thing around not like. The, not the family being constellation. Yeah, Listen. so I was like, wait, so is there a moon star, a lunar star, bright Ooh, star? Sailor Moon, the whole. The whole... Okay. Does anybody Pino. know what his dad right. does? I think is he like a preacher or something? He is. He, a, I, but. Oh wow. He will, he needs to go back to divinity school and work on that because Completely. That, that little that little tirade outside the courthouse, I, I would not go to his church. Was so okay, trash. And the one that he forced his little daughter to go on. Like, hold on. She don't even know what none of this means. Oh, I didn't even know he forced the daughter to go on one too. Yeah, you didn't see the video where the daughter was like she had walked out because remember <laughs> it wasn't the daughter. Does 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 Daystar have a daughter? Some one of the kids. I know mm -hmm. when he was speaking, it was like a, a young man behind him, and he tried to speak out, and he was like, "Shh, you know, let me talk." <laughs> Did y'all see the memes? Like, he brought his child all the way here. Only <laughs> to be guilty. I, I, but yeah, it just took her out of daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Give her this nap time and color it inside the lawn for this. <laughs> Yeah. But no, no, no. So she was like literally yelling and screaming, he's innocent and y'all made that this is injustice. And I was like, girl, spell justice. <laughs> G. <laughs> There's a giraffe in there somewhere. Yo. So what, what do y'all think about this case? I know you obviously heard about it in the news. Um, I think this case is... I think this case is indicative of the saying that Malcolm X, you know, has, you know, said in the 1960s that gets repeated over and over again today, that black women are the most unprotected class of women in the United States. And it's remarkable how a young woman like um, Meg Thee Stallion, you know, a, um, a young woman who lost her mother, you know, at an early age and a critical point in her life, um, is a successful rapper and entertainer. And even while, you know, um, selling records, selling concerts, performing all over the world, traveling, still got her education at a Texas university um, yep. because she Amazing. felt that it was still important. You know, education and access to education is important. And just by her doing that, she's already one broken a generational curse. Mm -hmm. And should she have children, sets them up to at least reach the minimum of a college education should they decide to. Because the, the IQ of children, there's a correlation between the IQ of your children and the education of the mother. So mm -hmm. she's already set herself up to have intelligent children. Okay? Yes. Um, and even despite all of that and her, her wealth privilege, the fact that people are doing the, this mental gymnastics, like Olympic level. Yo to degrade, demean, dehumanize, and what makes it even worse, it's the black men that are also in her industry. Like, the, I don't know how many people know this, but hip-hop industry, even though it seems to be a male-dominated industry, it's actually driven by women. 
like behind the scenes, it's really women doing the legwork and really, um, really are the, the drivers of success of a lot of these male rappers and entertainers. So it's like you have these male rappers who are surrounded by women in the industry where women are responsible for their careers, where, you know, they're rapping about their mamas mm. and how much they love their mamas, but whether or not they was on crack or doing whatever, uh, you know, the struggles, you know, the working 18 jobs and, um, you know, struggling to put food on the table, keep the lights on. Mm. And even having, you know, children with other black women and creating families with them they still came out their face to degrade, dehumanize Meg and to and to spread misinformation and confusion, which had an impact and a toll on Megan's health. And I feel for her. Like it just wasn't fair, it just wasn't right. Like how come we just can't believe black women the first time? Man. Yeah. I mean I think Shani like couldn't have possibly ever said it better. Like you're hundred percent right. And I think one of the things that was really, really troubling for for me about all this was like just even the idea that like for Meg she herself was not actually the center she was the center of it from the standpoint of like people and their doubt and their naysaying and all that other stuff and calling her names and everything that went with it but she herself was not actually suing Tory Lanez right like she was not the one who actually brought him up so this whole case was like a government case mm-hmm. pretty much right so it's like she wasn't even the one suing him she was right. just. She actually protected know, him in the beginning. Like yeah, she, she did. didn't right. want him right. to get arrested, and I don't know yeah, how many people who would let who got who would get shot and tell and and, and protect their shooter. And even that in itself, to me, is like a show of her character because she claimed initially that she stepped on glass, and she mm-hmm. she ended up coming out and saying that she did that because she didn't want him to get shot by the police. And we we know that that's right. a possibility whenever you call. The police on a black man they're gonna come out swinging right so here she comes trying to protect him and she gets completely dragged through the mud by him and the ignorant niggas like him who are like it just it's a lot it's, yeah niggas with chiclet teeth and 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 drawn on hairlines <laughs> <laughs> including his papa that nigga shit drawn on so crazy. It's not even that thing is I wanted to erase that shit through the screen. How you get a how you get a how you tattoo your whole hair and it's glossy, sir. Yo. I, I hate this song. I, I hate this for us. I do. It, it you should just go bald. Like it's okay. You don't you didn't need to tattoo a five o'clock shadow on your scalp. Like you can literally set the Yo. time to his head if you just angle it right in the sun, like a sundial. <laughs> you know what time it is. And yeah, don't he got a fade on his shit too? Like I'm like, yo, what type of shit is this? But yeah, I, I think it's disgusting the way that um just black men on social media tore Megan apart about this shit and just like vehemently called her a liar and tried to use like her sexuality and her being like sexually free as the basis of her mm-hmm. being a liar. Like I it it's just like this shit is still going on. Like and a lot of you niggas have black daughters. Like, how can y'all really be out here? Defending this bullshit. If it was my daughter, it don't matter. Let me tell you the cognitive dissonance of of cis hetero straight black men. Man. Because I'm saying specifically because that's been my experience with them because I'm a cis hetero black woman myself. And so I'm talking to my own personal experience because I don't want you, you motherfuckers coming for me. Okay. (laughs) You know they will. They will. 
Anyway, um, but the cognitive dissonance of cis hetero black men who are fathers to to young black girls. Black men will claim up and down that they do not harm black women, even though there are statistics that black women are sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. uh, abused, physically assaulted Absolutely. at disproportionate rates, rates, right? And that the, I think the number one or number two killer of black women, I think between the ages of, I think it was like 18 to 35 or something like that, is black men because of violence, mm. right? Mm. And so you, I, I, I've had conversations with cis hetero uh, uh, black men about this, and they argue me down that it's not true, it's propaganda, I'm a man hater, and I'm like, no, I'm saying this to you so that not only, I'm like, I'm not talking about you personally. If you don't fit the criteria, there's somebody around you that does, because Absolutely. black women are around, are, are here, being wounded and hurt, um, and are unsafe. Even the Black Women Blueprint uh, provided a statistic, I think it was several years ago, that said 80% of Black women face sexual harassment and or assault by the time they're 18. Jesus. No, 80%. 80%. By the time they're 18 has faced some form of sexual harassment and or assault. That's high. Very and high. So, and, and typically it's because, you know, there are, there are black men in our community, communities that are harming us, but they'll argue me down and say, no, that's not true. However, when they have these daughters, not all of a sudden it's about getting out the shoddies, getting out the glizzies. Um, they have to, they, you know, they, they have to like, they, they become TI, right? <laughs> Having to, to take their daughters to gynecologists to see if their hymen's intact. So I'm just like, hold on. I thought you said that black men don't harm black women. So who are you protecting your black daughters from? Mm. Good question. So if you're if, if so, the reason why you're protecting your black daughters from men is because you believe men bring them harm. But I just told you that, and you told me no. So what is it, sir? Very good question. Um, Tory Lane's defense in this case is actually claiming that Kelsey Megan's best friend was the shooter, um, citing that she was upset about an intimate relationship they they had with each other, which I, I thought was pretty far-fetched. Right, right. Like, you're going to shoot your best friend in the foot because of some nigga, like, especially a Tory Lanez nigga, like, come on, bro. Um, right, That and that's, the, and that's the whole thing. If this is really about a fight over a man, like... There are so many... All men, right, yeah, there's so many other brothers, like Damson Idris. I, okay, I can see why you got shot in the foot, you know? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, yeah, I, I probably shoot a bitch in the face for that. Yo, <laughs> that in the face. <laughs> but uh, but Tori, Tori Crayola uh, hairline. Yo, uh, oh, you need oh. to stop. No, that hairline <laughs> she is atrocious because you know what ha- that happened. You saw how I don't know if you saw the recent photo, his prison photo. He already is wearing a t-shirt like a do-rag because he know that his hairline has fallen out because, you know, after Yo, the day, I saw he washed it off. <laughs> Yo. Washed out. I hate them fucking Sharpie hairlines, man. I'm just be looking <laughs> crazy sometimes. It's just like, bro, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, I just find it disgusting. And I, it don't matter. Like if I don't have children, right? But if I had a daughter, it don't That's matter. Right. Like my daughter's here with you and her friend. 
how the fuck did my daughter end up getting shot, nigga? And then you don't want to say nothing. Like, it really don't even matter at that point whether it was you. I'm still going to hold you accountable. Like, mm-hmm. you, what the fuck was going on here? Like, that my daughter was in your presence and she ended up getting shot in both of her feet, bro. How? And you claiming, like, how can you be okay with that? Like, as a father, especially, is is troubling to me. Like, it, it don't make right. sense. Yeah, I think somebody really asked that question. Was like, what if it was your daughter? Yeah. And so, like, y'all are coming out in droves against this woman. But, like, you know, like Shani said, it's that cognitive dissonance. Like, what, how is it that you have all of this hate for all these other women, but suddenly your mom, your daughter are, are like, saying Exceptions to the rule. But, but mind rule. you... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm saying, mind you, your daughters, your mothers, your sisters, they're special to you, but they're just regular old women to somebody else. Right. So and the way the you whole... treated Megan is how your, your, your woman from down you. the block is going to treat the women in your life. And to add to a piece that you were saying, Shan, is like this idea that they have that like, oh, they're trying to protect them from other niggas out here. But like, you're also other niggas. <laughs> yes, that's the other side of it, too. You are also causing you are, you are harm. Also and this is also because you out here calling women bitches, you're out here, you know, slapping ass and doing the most and impregnating 13 people. But how, how many is it? I mean, Michael B. Jordan, he could be pregnant. Anyway, <laughs> but like, you know, but like if you're, what's his name? Ron Tavius, whatever. Uh, what's that man's Ron, name? Ron Tavius. Who, who the fuck that? is that? <laughs> we both like, who that? It's that one rapper, that one rapper, dude. Um, uh, He's the one that had the baby with, uh, with Sierra. You mean future? You mean future? Yeah, isn't his isn't his real name like Ron Tavius or Octavius? No, I don't, I don't even know. But I'm saying what I'm saying is, is like these people will have a million kids with all these people, lecherous, misogynoir, all of it. Nick Cannon, right? mm-hmm. and then right, and then be like the shittiest people, but somehow or another, the kids they raise, the boys they raise, right, are suddenly going to be different men. Like, you can't, you're not going to pass down anything more than, like, generational nonsense. It's terrible. Word. Yep. But when you are in a bubble of bullshit, you can't really see that that bullshit is bullshit. Because, you know, everybody right. around you is following the same ideas and ideology. So it's kind of hard to see outside of that unless you seek knowledge outside of that. Like, and most niggas don't, you know. As long as you could be cool in the hood, shit is all good, Right. Right. Um, I found it also disgusting that they were claiming that he told her dance, bitch, as he shot at her foot, which uh, reminds me of uh, that movie. What's that old movie? Harlem Nights? Yeah, where the nigga was shooting her in the feet in the back shit. Crazy. Yeah, but that, yeah, there were a lot of Harlem Nights references made, but here's the thing, is the difference in that Harlem Nights scene. Adela Reese's character, I forget her, the name of her character, but clearly she's the madam of the of the brothels. Yeah, she was, right? she was a gangster. Yeah. 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 She was telling quick Eddie Murphy's character because they had gotten into it. She, she was calling his bluff. She was like, come on, shoot me, shoot me. I don't think Megan was doing all that. I think Megan was nah. out here, either whether, whether they were in an argument or whatever the case may be, a skirmish. Um, Megan wasn't asking to be shot, even though Della Reese's character in the movie does not think that Quick is going to call her bluff. He does. Right? Mm. Um, and the difference is that Quick was remorseful in that movie and made it and did right by her. For, you know, for whatever that time period reflected. I mean, clearly it was hella toxic. Because, but then again, these were all people who were hustling and shucking and diving 
for a better life exactly. in, in New York City. And you got to um, expect that in that type of environment. But this is not what we're talking about in association with these right. two. Like people are out at a party. You're supposed to, when people go out partying, nobody expects to be shot. It's crazy shit. I mean, the internet was like up in arms about this shit, but it was a lot of people with their whole chest out, just like attacking this girl. Just really disgusting, mm-hmm. bro. It was disgusting. Um, I hope that this dies down. I'm praying for good health and um, healing for Megan. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what she needs most right now. Um, definitely. We love you, Meg. Yeah, if this ever reaches your ears. I, I definitely want to. Hope that would be dope. But, like, <laughs> I, just, I just also want to say, when it comes to, like, listen, Megan, Megan, Meg is, is deserving of, uh, like, apologies. I just mm-hmm. don't feel like it should come out. And really not even from them. I think from all the people in the public who had literally zero to say outside of anything bad about what was going on. Word. Right? And <clears throat> who... You know, like they actually could just use to to keep their their microphones muted, keep their phones uh, turned off. Like, just don't come and say anything because it's not worth it at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she'll she'll be fine. She was fine before. She'll be fine, right? Like, she'll get her therapy. She'll do what she's got to do. She's a big grown woman who like is has got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a terrible thing that has happened to her, and she's got a supportive circle around her, right? And like, the rest of y'all can just kick rocks. Pretty much. Mm. Pretty fucking much. Yeah, I found that shit real disgusting. Um, But yeah, let's move on from that. I have a fellow vegan on, guys. Shani, how how long have you been vegan? Fruit, nuts, and berries. (laughs) Don't. You love nuts, too. Ain't that something. Isn't it? Ooh, these little chipmunks just shoving them in, storing them up for, throughout the winter. Yo, have, have I ever told you I'm not a fan of you? Oh, <laughs> oh, lies you tell, oh. lies you tell. Yeah, we don't believe that shit. It's the cap for me. <laughs> How long have you been vegan, Shani? Um, I started my vegan journey in uh, February of 2019. Um, I was really doing it primarily to uh, for health reasons because I was, you know, facing a lot of health challenges that um, traditional Western medicine and medication just really wasn't working. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a holistic approach to my health. And so I had started off actually as a raw veganist. Like I went to re- I went to like extremes. I went from being an omnivore, like you know, eating meat and animal pro- animal byproduct and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, to just being a raw vegan and being a raw vegan means that you eat whole whole foods Mm -hmm. and by whole foods i mean like things that are of the earth like i didn't eat anything processed i didn't um consume coffee it was tea herbal teas um water um vegetables and fruits in their natural form uncooked um and um, I did that for about 10 months. I went from a size 12 to a size zero wow. um, within that time. Don't get me wrong. I felt amazing. However, I didn't look amazing. Um, people were very concerned about my appearance because, you know, my face, you know, I don't think I was built to be a size zero. Mm. And I think um, when you do things in extremes, even though I my I was eating very clean, like I wasn't I, I I had cut out refined sugar, so I wasn't consuming any sugar. I wasn't consuming any breads or grains or gluten. On top of that, 
So I was eating really, really clean. Um, but I think when you do something to extremes, it can have adverse effects. So I had lost my appetite. Like I lost my desire to eat. Oh, wow. Um, and I was, I realized I was going a day, two days without eating and I was okay. I did, at a point, when I was forced myself to eat, I wouldn't consume. And then when I realized that when I was buying things in the size zero and they were too big, I was like, oh, this is not good. Like I'm really, really thin. Um, and so I went from a raw vegan, veganist to a vegetarian. So I, I still did not want to eat meat. I was mainly consuming dairy. Because I had missed like the creaminess or the, the texture of dairy. Because I'll admit, like vegan cheeses are not is not like real cheese. I would, I would as a plant based person, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell like, oh, it tastes just like it doesn't. Um, and it, no matter how, and I've had various qualities of vegan cheeses, and I actually limit it because it's also processed and sometimes not the best or healthiest of ingredients either. Um, it's just not the same. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not the vegan that's gonna lie to you and say like, it tastes just like this when it really doesn't. It, it can be very similar, very close to, but it's not gonna taste the same if you're obsessed with having your vegan food match meat or match dairy. I will say just egg does taste exactly like egg, which is really freaky. Mm-hmm. But then again, just egg, the ingredients aren't that good for you either. So, you know, everything in moderation. I love just egg is what I love. I love just egg. It's yeah. Just- everything in moderation but so after that uh, last year i went back to being um vegan but you know eating cooked foods eating more whole foods limiting processed food limiting sugars limiting um gluten where i can so it's more balanced um and you know and agreeable to my lifestyle so yeah nice i actually started in um late 2018 uh, and this podcast has probably heard this story a million times. After the death of my uncle, he died from colon cancer. Oh, wow. And so that uh, pushed me into the vegan lifestyle because my great-grandmother, his sister, had also had uh, cancer that she caught twice. So it definitely made me want to switch. And I did it drastically, too. Like, overnight, I was, like, vegan. I stopped eating meat completely. I obviously mm-hmm. had a lot to learn at that time. So I was still eating little things that had, like, byproducts in it till I could learn. But yeah, it's it's been a journey. It's been quite some years now, (laughs) quite a long time. And the the vegan lifestyle has developed majorly since then. Like, I think we have like a substitute for almost everything. Then they're like, I feel like there's nothing that I'm really missing out on. You feel me? Like if I want a burger, I could get me a good burger. Right. The cheese is still a struggle a little bit. I I do have uh, some of those favorite cheeses like i like vile life it's- yeah vile life. i actually think i that's what i prefer if i'm gonna eat um plant-based cheese yeah so i like vile life cheese especially like on a burger you know you, you put a cover over it and melt that thing down real good you know your mouth is all water and over you understand like but so yeah that was what i started doing i actually started creating the things that i loved when i wasn't vegan into like you know vegan dishes and mm-hmm. so i did eat a lot of like beyond meat and shit like the sausages and the burgers and shit yeah which like is that. not good for you yeah, yeah. I, I didn't oh, i was looking at it then like you know it's vegan it's not meat so it can't be as bad as eating meat and i lost weight also instantly from that shit like a good 60 pounds or whatever 
Oh, wow. But then my weight loss kind of plateaued. Right. And so this year, since I think probably November, I've been trying to eat a lot more cleaner. I've been like cutting out, you know, like white sugar, which is really bad. That was like the one thing I was still eating this whole time that was like mm -hmm. not vegan because of that bone charring shit. Trying to also cut out a lot of the salts and shit and also just increase my vegetable, oat, grain, natural, yeah, whole food intake. Yeah. So that's been like my journey for these last two months. And I'm proud to say I've also been in the gym these last two months real heavy every day type shit. Okay. You know, trying to get this this summer body right, right. together. Trying, trying to get his jail body together. You okay. know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out to that. I'm definitely proud of myself. But I wanted to have this conversation about food and the plant-based diet because what I didn't realize is that, like, my great-grandmother's from the South. Mm -hmm. My father's side of the family, they're also from the South. So, you know, we had, like, good food, Sunday dinners and shit. I love macaroni and cheese. Obviously, it's one of my favorite foods. But food had such a hold over my life that I, I didn't realize. Like, And I used it a lot as a crutch for so many things. Mm -hmm. And becoming vegan really introduced me to a lot of new foods, a lot of new ingredients. And it made me realize what, you know, what food in itself was doing to me. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's important that we like educate the people, you know, on separating yourself from that because a lot of us you know that was all we knew back then like it was all niggas could afford was that type of food mm -hmm. but you know it's such a, a major factor now and you know the health and well-being of yourself i love the book plato's republic which i've also probably mentioned a million times and in that book plato speaks on the mind body and spirit all meshing together as one entity and mm -hmm. so, you know, if one is off, like if your physical is off, then it may also throw your mental off. Yeah, your body definitely is is has to be in alignment. And I think that's where a lot of illness and disease comes in sometimes. Yep. It's like the mind, body and soul just aren't in alignment with each other. I know it sounds very uh, Dr. Sebi-ish uh, and everything, but it, it really is true how like when you take people think health is your physical health, but you really have to take a holistic mm -hmm. approach to your health. So like, yes, it's important. Your diet is important as equally as your physical activity, equally as important as your emotional health. Like, how is your mood? How is your, you know, how, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, are you able to express yourself? You know, do you have outlets to express yourself emotionally, even your mental health? Cause I didn't learn this until I had went through a heavy depression, um, before the pandemic and through the pandemic, actually, it, it, it amplified itself. Um, that when you're in depression, that actually, that can actually change the chemical makeup of your brain. Or so people are out here thinking like, oh, depression is just somebody being sad. And it's like, no, like if you leave yourself in a consistent state of depression or suffering from it, that can actually change the chemical makeup of your brain, which can impact just how you function in general. Um, and when I learned that, I was like, oh, no, I need to take a different approach. <laughs> I need to, you know, seek therapy ASAP because I didn't I didn't want that. Like, that's how mental health definitely affects and impacts your physical health and your spiritual health, too. Like, if you are someone who is a believer of sorts, um, and even being an atheist, that's a believer, because that's a belief system still. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that you believe in nothing. 
in order in order to believe that nothing, you know, you have to put a practice in place to to believe that nothing exists. Um, yeah, so like even with your spiritual health, like you need to look at that too. Like you know, spiritually, like are you create are you connected to your source? Like you know, is you know is that you know your faith your faith is it is it expanded? Is it widened? Is it being deepened? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be attached to any sort of man-made religion, but like just how are you connected to the universe? Wow. Um, because you, uh, somebody told me something. It says the universe is always co-conspirating with you for your benefit. Mm-hmm. You just have to get in tune with that. Absolutely. I love that. That's an amazing quote mm-hmm. right there. Um, and, and I think... It, it, no, go ahead, Carol. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying mm-hmm. it's definitely the way a lot of people walk around today. Like pronoia versus like paranoia. Oh, pronoia. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, that's what that. I I was in a coaching space, and that's one of the things that I said to somebody who like fairly believed that the, that the universe is conspiring against them. Mm-hmm. And so, like mm. when with what you're saying, that's called pronoia, and uh, I love the idea of it. It's a little hard to grasp sometimes, but I love the idea of it. And of course, mm. you know. Anyway, yes, sir. But I want to talk about some of the... I'm not like one of those vegans who want everybody to go vegan. I hate that. Like, I think that's unrealistic. That shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm definitely not. I hate that. Because like you said, everything is good in moderation, you know? So it really Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you're eating as long as you're not overeating or... But I want to discuss some of the benefits of eating plant-based. And these are according to mdanderson.org, formerly the University of Texas Cancer Center. Uh, five benefits of eating plant-based are as follows. Uh, a boost in your immune system. Uh, you reduce inflammation. Maintain a healthy weight. Uh, increase your fiber intake. And lower your risk for cancer. Um mm. Excess weight causes inflammation and hormonal imbalance. Uh, plants we know mm. are high in fiber and also aids in digestion. Um, eating excessive sugar increases your triglyceride levels, which increases your chances of developing those diseases, heart diseases, high blood pressure, inflammation, weight gain, diabetes, and fatty liver disease. And that's according to Dr. Hugh of Harvard. Too much sodium can lead to high blood pressure, heart disease, and stroke. And um, according to Pfizer, African-Americans are more prone to these diseases. When we say a carcinogen, that's like a substance that's capable of causing cancer or one that's, you know, directly correlated to cancer. Um, And they say that red meat is an actual carcinogen in itself. And, you know, red meat, we're talking beef, veal, pork, lamb, horse, goat. And you know mm-hmm. those meats are difficult horse. to digest because the pro yes people horse, eat horse they absolutely do. No, I mean I know they eat horse. I'm just like you know they eat from the <laughs> rooter to like, the tutor. Horse lamb go like now you horse. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, red meat is difficult to digest because the protein in the meat is harder for us to break down in our body. Um. So those are definitely some things to consider if you are you know thinking about going plant based or thinking about changing your diet in general, I think we as, as yeah. black people especially need to put that in the forefront. And that, and yeah, that's not I'm saying cool. everybody needs to be sorry, vegan. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just, apologies. No, I was just saying, I think I was sharing. <laughs> All right. I think I was sharing. We use it. I was like thinking of just going back to like the ovo-lacto-pescatarian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, not so much eggs for the sake of eating eggs, because just egg is really, that's my jam. Man, uh, but I love the, like, the lacto part, I already do mostly oat milk. It's really about like the cheese. Because I just don't mm-hmm. know that I see myself long term cutting that out, at least just not yet. I, I need I need the vegan cheese to to create like variety in the type of cheese. I know like cheddar and all that, but I like, I want to see like Munster and like different other types of cheeses that are available in, a, in vegan. Um, and I just, I, I can't, personally for me, it's like hard to let go. Um, mm. And there's just not enough like whatever yeast that's gonna make a cheese dish be cheesy enough. You played on nutritional yeast time? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's the only thing for me that would really be holding me back. Like that and like ice cream because oat milk ice cream, almond ice cream, all that's not it, personally. Um, I've had really a lot of great, and there are really a lot of great um, ice cream brands mm-hmm. that provide uh, non-dairy options that actually are just as creamy and as, as delicious as dairy ice cream. To be honest, yeah, I think I'm I probably would, just fine. I would have to agree. Huh? I would love to try them. Like, like share them. I think Sean and I had gone to like Van Leeuwen, Ooh, and yeah. it was like yeah. the worst ice cream I've ever had. He is. Oh, um, I think Van Leeuwen is shit. overrated. And high, and I love Van Leeuwen. Um, Skinny Cow actually has, I think, really good non-dairy options um, that taste delicious and are great. Okay, I never had Skinny Cow, but I think I've seen that in the markets. Yeah. yeah. Ben and Jerry's has a non-dairy ice cream that's really good. It, have you seen that one, Shani? Which one? I think this Ben and Jerry's, right? It has like a major line of yes. non-dairy oh, yeah. ice cream. I was never actually a, a fan of Ben and Jerry's, even before my vegan journey. I just felt like I'm a very simple when it comes to ice cream. Mm. Like <laughs> I feel like Ben and Jerry's would be like, we're gonna take a whole bunch of random stuff and just make flavors. Like you can never find anything simple with them. It's just like, damn, yeah. I just want chocolate. Like, why do we have to have uh nutter butters and all this stuff? Like it's just too much. Red stuff. raspberries and shit. Yeah, like, I, I, my favorite ice cream is vanilla chocolate chip, which is actually, for some reason, a really hard flavor to find. Um, outside of, like, Haagen-Dazs uh, or Breyers, like, a lot of brands don't make that flavor. And it's just like, damn, Ben & Jerry's, like, just to find the equivalent, it always, a cho- just just give me chocolate chips and vanilla. No, but you want to add some raw-ass cookie dough or some random-ass peanut or or a cookie, and I just don't want all of that in my ice cream. Right. Can we keep it simple? Keep it simple. I guess I'm wondering, you know, like how they say, like, just egg can be used as an egg substitute in all situations, right? Like, mm-hmm. can you just egg with, like, a non-dairy milk to make, like, ice cream? Do you think anybody's tried that? Mm. Um, because, like, no, think- because you don't, you don't need... First of all, I don't even know why you would even need an egg to make regular ice cream, to be honest. They do. Um, and, I, and I think that it contributes to, like, the creaminess and a number of... I know. Egg, eggs are just used as a binding agent. They're not... It's not for creaminess. And you can find other binding agents in nature. Like, like if for... I, I don't know if you know this, Sean, but, like, you know, when you're baking, like, we do this thing called, like, a flaxseed egg. Like, yes. out of flaxseeds, you create... Flaxseed and water. Um, a, a quote-unquote... Yeah, like, you just... Yeah, you just dip them in water. So, you're just creating a binding agent. Like, egg, eggs in any sort of baking or frying... It's not for flavor. It's not for creaminess. It's a binding agent. It just means that we're just using the egg to keep the ingredients together because without the egg, everything would crumble apart. Exactly. Bananas are a really good binding agent, too. A really ripe right. banana. I imagine that would be good in ice cream as well. 
Right. So you actually, like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they use eggs. I mean, I, I never made ice cream from scratch, so I didn't know. But I guess they need a binding agent, but they could find other binding agents. They don't need just eggs. They don't need um, an actual egg either. They can find other substitutes because vegans do it all the time. There are bakeries that are just stri- strictly vegan bakeries that have excellent tasting, you know, cupcakes, cakes without having to use egg or just egg. Absolutely. Right. Even the, um, I don't know if you've ever been to that spot in Harlem, Shani, the like Jamaican uh, buffet style spot. No, I haven't. I've heard about it though. From many, other, many other vegans, right. They have really good cakes. Like, I think that's one of the best things, that, especially like their carrot cake, bussin. But they have- <laughs> Yeah, in Madison. Oh, no. Uptown Vegas. Wait, is it that? Is it that? Um, I think I know what vegan spot you're talking about in Harlem. You said, no, you said buffet. I think no, it's, it's called like Uptown Veg, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Uptown Veg. No, Sean, yuck. Ew. <laughs> you, you never had their cake, bro? They yes, we, we went. I know, but their cake is good. Like, that's probably the best thing there. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the food is not the most amazing, but their cake is really good to me. I'm like a sweets lover by the way you know who has a good cupcake that's vegan uh sprinkles i miss that really i've never had any of their stuff they have it's, they only have the red velvet unfortunately but that's really busting there's another black owned bakery in harlem too on lennox avenue and like 123rd street i think it's called la sweets mm-hmm. and i know this black lady i used to always go in there she's the owner and she has a picture on the wall of her and loretta divine um, but oh, yeah. Somebody's yeah. black mama. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> but she's a really, really sweet black lady, and her cakes and cupcakes are really good too. She gives like big slice of cake too for like $8, but it's worth it. $8 is not bad for a slice of cake in New York. I'm guessing I'm looking at New York prices, but like, I'm like, oh, it's not and, that bad. And she on Lennox Avenue, so I know that rent is through the roof. So that little $8 is probably nothing. But yeah, you know, vegans on the rise out here. Yeah, because it's um, the food here, especially what I think the biggest thing, the biggest point of contention that I have with other non-vegans, you know, especially when they question me mm. about how do you get your protein? So here, here because that's the big question. number one question I get, how do you get your protein? I'm going to tell y'all a fact and y'all can Google this. Shut up, okay. <laughs> Like, people actually ask you that? No, that yes. that's like a... Yeah, that's the number one thing they have. Because question. they're like, if you're not eating meat, how do you get your protein? Where do you get... All of a sudden, you're interested in my protein intake. Like, what? You don't even know where you get your protein uh, from. The fuck? You get a hit? Right. <laughs> all of a sudden, you want to know, like, all the, uh, do you know what your protein intake is? Yo, that ass. Please, um, have you taken a, a multivitamin? Niggas be asking right. Be no, don't even moisturize with shea butter and you want to know my protein <laughs> the intake. The fuck? Step out the house unlotioned and dry. Right. 
was the last time you had some water that wasn't in Kool-Aid? You, right. You These dudes don't even drink. They, I met a guy who said he don't drink water. I was like, his urine must be acidic. The pH balance is all. You only. must. You, the, the toilet must sizzle every time you do <laughs> And I'm sure he's dipping his shit in a bunch of these hoes out here who don't give a fuck. Right, causing and all you know types of bacterial vaginosis. These things just be itching and yeasting bacterial <laughs> vaginosis galore and have no idea that this is because this man. Uh, ladies, let me tell you this, the number one, the number. just remember this for vaginal health, Mm-hmm. Make sure your partner drinks water, okay? Please. Make sure they drink water and they're hydrated. That actually can throw off your pH. That's the yeah. best thing you can do for yourself. You drink water and make sure your partner drinks water before he starts, you know, giving you that thing. Yeah, Anywho, back to the... This nigga said unnutritional yeast. I'm crying. So nasty, so rude. <laughs> um, so yeah, back to the question of um, protein intake. Mm. When you're eating meat, the protein that you get from eating meat actually comes from what from the from whatever their diet is. So like the like chickens, cows, they're eating typically grains, um, grass, leafy greens. That's where you're getting the protein from, not from the actual meat itself. You're getting it from the diet that that animal had, which, of course, you know, is in their muscle. So the meat is only a middleman. You actually actually get more protein in spinach than you do chicken. Crazy shit. I'm sure that they don't uh, look. No, they don't know it. that. So people are like, how do you get your protein intake? I'll be like spinning. And I start, you know, listing off. Like if you eat a lot of leafy greens, you don't have to worry about your protein intake because the protein intake of the animal is based on them eating, having a plant-based diet as well. Word. So yeah, I was like, so I was like the, the meat or whatever is just the middleman. Just eat, eat what they eat. Just eat the grass. This just, just eat the grass yourself. Or like, you know, you know, um, you know, take your liquid chlorophyll. Um, you know, there are things that you can do where you're not going to be protein deficient. And also another thing um to non-veganists are um be mindful especially in america a lot of our diet is capitalistic driven Mm. so the way we've been socialized to think that the way we eat is normal is in fact not because at the end of the day these these corporate corporations are all working together to ensure that they making money knowing that they're feeding you carcinogenic unhealthy foods because at the end of the day like the either with the way the american healthcare system is structured it's reactive not proactive Absolutely. because preventative health care starts with nutrition and so these corporations are not going to turn around and start uh you know um uh churning out healthy foods that's why the foods are so addictive they that's why they it's pumped full of sugar because they want you to keep coming back to buy and to eat and to consume to your detriment like if you look up, there are actually foods here in the United States that are banned in other parts of the world Facts. because other parts of the world recognize that these foods are highly dangerous and have adverse health effects. Mountain Dew is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Skittles uh, is one of them because of the dyes in it. Maraschino cherries, the dye that's in it. Red 40, I think it's, it's a carcinogenic. Like Things like this that we consume mm-hmm. and we think is normal 
yeah, are actually highly top. Even Oreos, there is a carcinogenic, I think it's like titanium dioxide. That's mm. a carcinogenic that's, that's in your food. I think it's, I think that might be a component found in like paint or something else. Oh I, I forget God. what it is, but like highly toxic. Alcohol is also a carcinogenic as well. It doesn't matter if it's in moderation or not. Just like it's, you know, like even like that's like saying you can smoke in moderation. We know that cigarettes are carcinogenic regardless of whether you smoke one a month or mm. one every hour. Absolutely. You're still putting your health at risk. So it's just like be, just be mindful of when you're, um, you know, advocating for your diet, which you have every right to do. Just know that the basis of the American diet is capitalistic driven. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, these corporations are working with each other, obviously. It's a cycle, you know, you, mm -hmm. they give you the food. And even though the World Health Organization is telling you that it's a carcinogen, the meat, they're still recommending that you eat it at the same time on the very same website, which, it, mm -hmm. you know, to somebody with, you know, an objective point of view, obviously is suspect as fuck. And a lot of these corporations are also like funding each other. So like funding like cheese and meat companies and shit. And, you know, they feed you the food, which sends you to the doctor. The doctor tells you, you know, do this and do that. But they don't actually tell you to stop eating meat and shit. Right. It, it, it's all a process. It's a very vicious cycle. And if you are like a smoker and a person who consumes large amounts of meat and shit, like you know, you, you're killing yourself slowly. And you, you might not know that like so it was like a podcast that i was listening to and i just went and looked it up right because i was like i want to make sure that i say the right companies mm -hmm. but like this podcast that i was listening to and i don't remember which one but it was talking about um how like oh it wasn't a podcast it was a youtube episode talking about like food in america um and how like a lot of the food companies are owned like all of like you said sean like all of it and like you said shani like all of it is based on capitalism like nabisco the like snack company, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's by a tobacco company. Wow! Right, crazy? so like we're you know continuing to propagate, pro uh, like propagate like unhealthy choices that produce like disease uh, is literally like in the fabric of the company, right? Mm. So like Tabisco that owns I think it's Oreo and a bunch of other companies, right? Like <clears throat> are all owned by. A tobacco company it's like a big company that's all come together to do just harm to to uh to our diets and so uh and yes yeah, so i just i heard i saw it on there and then i was like let me make sure i bring because this is exactly what y'all are talking about absolutely yeah and that's crazy like to think that we you have to really think about it a tobacco company owning all these different food companies that you regularly consume like how healthy do you really think it is I was like, just to think, like, why would America offer something like tobacco, knowing it causes cancer and it causes death? Like, when you go to other parts of the world, like, I had um, studied abroad in Namibia for three months, uh, over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And when you buy cigarettes there, there is a huge warning. Like, yes, we have warnings on our cigarette boxes, but it's really, really tiny print. Yeah. But over there, the sign actually takes up half the size of the box. And it's a really straightforward message. It says, this can kill you. That, that's it's a not deterrent. So, oh, like, you know, attorney general warning with some really fancy language that says, oh, it could cause blah, blah. Over there, it says, no, this will kill you. So at least you, you seeing that on the box, you know that every time you take something out, you are killing, you really are killing yourself. Mm 
You know what I mean? But it's like, why are there companies able to sell something to people that they that they openly admit we put poison in this to make it addictive to you and we know it kills you? Why is that allowed to be sold? Mm. Got to think about that. That is a good question. Right. Like, if it, like, why would you, why would you, why would you do that? And then, and then all now you have a whole bunch of kids who are vaping, uh, but this is what you want, right? Because at the end of the day, it's about money. It's about numbers. So it's just like, why, why are we doing this? Why not ban the sale of tobacco altogether? We have cannabis now. Just have people smoke that up. And I know in other countries I've been seeing like a lot on TikTok and shit, they have those same warnings on like cereal and shit. It'll be like excess calories or, you know, high in sodium mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like we don't have that here in the US, like unfortunately. Right. So yeah, it's definitely something we need to work on, getting back in tune with ourselves and our diets. Um mm-hmm. and speaking of diets and food. Uh, one of our last topics, not the very last one, I want to talk about is inflation, which I know all of us is feeling and affects the world as a whole. I hear that y'all eggs in New York City are like $8 a carton. Is this true? Yeah. What, 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 what is that? Like a carton of eggs used to be and like $1.52. Like, well, I think apparently they're saying that eggs are expensive because of the, because the, I think it was like a, a flu or something that was killing all the damn chickens. And so it's a, it's a matter of supply and demand. So there isn't enough supply to meet the demand. But that's all BS because it's about corporate greed. Yeah. Like we're coming, like people think we're coming out of COVID. No, sweethearts, we're still in COVID. COVID is still very real. Um, we're still exhausting our healthcare system um, with uh, the spread of COVID and its mutation. And it's going to get to a point where, you know, it's going to mutate into something that the vaccines that we currently have are unable to to help us recover from. Um, and this past year, 2022, corporations have reported record high, meaning no other year previous profits. Mm. So you can't tell me it's in, inflation because of what's going on in the world. And, it, and it's not just the U.S. feeling, it's other countries as, as well, but it's corporate greed. Absolutely. It's corporate greed. That's why, you know, People, you have you have eggs like people over here buying eggs. I was just like, I was like, look, as a vegan, I don't have these problems. Exactly. So I'm not I just was telling somebody <laughs> that, like, listen, my eggs, shit's still I can only imagine, like, okay, right. Like, I mean, I would hope people would uh, be like, well, I'm not gonna buy eggs, but people do, or people need it, and it uh, and that also impacts the businesses that rely on eggs to cook their food. So, like, bakeries especially, like. That's going to impact their pricing. You know what I mean? That's going to that's gonna also impact how many customers are willing to come through the door and pay increased prices for cake. Facts. Like, like that's wild. I don't have any data to back this, but I feel like the vegan eggs and shit also may have affected, you know, like dairy eggs as well. Because I think like just egg is like a big thing. Like you can find that in almost any supermarket now. And yeah, a lot of people are vegan out here. Like, so I think that may have affected the market as well. A lot of people just weren't buying eggs at the same rate that they were in prior years. And I definitely think that there's a correlation between the two. But you know, there's no data to back that, so don't quote me. Thank you. <laughs> 
But uh, what is inflation, right? Does anybody want to explain what inflation is to the people? Corral? Yeah, you've been nice and quiet back there, buddy. Uh, because I'm allowing this extra vegan conversation to happen. <laughs> Yo, uh, on your time, huh? Yeah, on my listen, y'all asking about um, inflation and all of that. Like, don't be catching me off guard and like, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, I mean, you want me to explain inflation? Charles, when was the last time I took an economics well, class? I can. Um, I mean, I guess okay. So inflation is where like. Uh, the cost of the dollar or whatever the main currencies are. So like in this case, like I think the US dollar is one of the main currencies where the cost of like the dollar actually goes down and becomes less valuable uh, for the purchase of goods. And so like, uh, and I think all of that is managed by the uh, the world, the World Bank, right? Um, what is the name of that? Uh, that manages like uh, currency exchanges and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so they affect, like, inflation and, and deflation and all that other stuff. But, uh, child, don't, listen, don't have me teach a college course on economics. <laughs> well, according to Investopedia.com, um, inflation I'm is... Investopedia. Investopedia. <laughs> <you> are... <laughs> inflation is described as the rise in prices, which can be translated as the decline of purchasing power over time, as you said. Um, when we're talking goods, we're talking. Why didn't you just offer that instead of having me fumble through it? <laughs> you you did it. You did beautifully, bro. Shut up. Yeah, you did a, you did a pretty good explanation. Um, right. So when we're talking I'll the rise in goods, we're talking used cars, uh, car rentals, furniture, airline fare, hotels, and even everyday essentials like groceries and gas. I mean, you know, these are things that some of us buy multiple times a month. So obviously, it would decline our purchasing power but inflation is, is is really prevalent right now cardi b took to social media to recognize the increase in inflation and also the increase of the price of letters from two dollars to seven dollars within months wow which is crazy for some damn uh, leaves right <laughs> but she also brought um, attention to something more important which is the power of budgeting regardless of your social status I mean, obviously, if she's feeling the inflation, then you could imagine what lower income feel, families are feeling as well. Right. Um, I can't believe she said importance of budgeting. I'm like, if a family's low income, like you can't budget your way out of poverty. <laughs> Wait, so you said this? Because I missed all that. Cardi B. No, because yeah, Cardi, he said that Cardi B imp- mentioned the importance oh. of budgeting. And I was okay. like, if you're low income, you can't like budget yourself out of poverty. Like, what, how you can't budget with your... If your income or your, you know, the resource in your house or house is limited, no, like, but what do you she, to do? Cardi B had come out and explained that away, right? Because mm-hmm. she made like another video. Did you see that, uh, Sean? No, I didn't see that follow up. Right. So she came out and just made because she she did come under a lot of fire for saying that. So Cardi B had come out and really explained a lot of that away. Cause she was saying that like, because she got a lot of fire because they were like for the same thing that you're saying like. Girl, you got a ton of money. How are you telling, you know, because what she said was, if it's, if I'm struggling to, like, look at, like, or not if I'm struggling, if these things are expensive to me, I can only imagine how expensive they are for people who are, like, middle class, right? And, right. and, and, and lower. Mm-hmm. So she was saying, like, she is very, very clear about, like, her budget and, like, looking at how much she spends on food and has been watching it double and triple over time for the same thing so she's like 
a, a thing of lettuce is like eight, nine dollars. Right. So like and if she's like, if I think that it's expensive and I'm like pen pinching on where and looking at the budget and looking at all these things. Right. Like, what is it like for other people? And like she was saying, like, you know, we have to I, ha- I have a budget. I, I go through it and I'm you know, and I'm seeing that the money's going up. So like I can't imagine what it's like for other folks. Right, I don't think mm-hmm. that I think it's like blown somewhat out of context. Yeah, she had good intentions, mm-hmm. personally. But you know, I can understand people's outrage. I just think that like, there's nothing wrong with this lady saying that she has a budget, even with millions of dollars. You know how many people had millions of dollars at one point, and all of a sudden they got none. True. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I, there's nothing wrong with having a budget. I just just because you have excess doesn't mean you shouldn't live by excess. Sure. Right, and um, it's just living entirely by excess. I mean. Of course, like then she whips out like a big fancy expensive pair of shoes and dress and like whatever she, she gets to enjoy wherever her money came from and whatever she does with it. But mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think some of it was like just blown out of proportion. Um, uh, maybe due to timing or whatever, just people. So off of the inflation topic, two of the very last things I want to discuss are the killings or murders of two young. African-American men. The first one being Keenan Anderson, who was a 31-year-old high school teacher from Washington, D.C. He was tased Mm -hmm. to death by LAPD after they responded to a car accident he was involved in. He was said to be tased six times in 42 seconds, according to Fox News. Um, And if you watch the video, he the whole time was asking for help and begging for assistance. And actually was heard saying they're trying to George Floyd him. Yep. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. He said that they were trying to kill him. And ultimately they did. So that, very, very crazy. And he was also a cousin to BLM co-founder Patrice Coolers. So that video was just disturbing in itself. Because imagine you calling the police because you were involved in a car accident, right? Which is... Mm-hmm. notably the right thing to do and you end up losing your life and even though they didn't shoot a gun still you know the same tactics remain um as they pertain to black men the excessive mm-hmm. force the aggressiveness just the inhumane um treating of the person that you're responding to mm-hmm. like, you never imagine that you'd be in a car accident and then end up losing your life so was, yeah, how do you survive a car accident and then end up getting killed by responding police? That's wild. How? Crazy. Especially in LAPD. I mean, I guess it's not so far-fetched, but... Right. In such a, you know, sophisticated city, very disturbing video. He was also the father of a five-year-old boy, which is sad, because now we, we have a young black man out here who is fatherless. Fatherless. Just because his father had a car accident. And was clearly in that video in emotional distress because he asked several times for help. And, you know, the LAPD is notorious for this. They're actually notorious for Very. actually having a gang, like an actual gang mm-hmm. in their ranks where it's reported that they go out. And, of course, you know, as any gang have initiations and have certain tasks and things to do. It's almost like they want to terrorize the public. They want to terrorize people. And you really, it's like, it's it's at a point where none of this can really be reformed. It literally has to be, you have to like throw the whole system away and start from scratch. Yep. Yep. Like what, what other way would there be? Like clearly reformation is not working. Right. 
Then on the back of that, we have uh, the incident that happened on Friday, January 7th with 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, who was stopped by the police on suspicion of reckless driving. Um, as the officers approached his vehicle, he reportedly ran, a chase ensued, and he was beaten by those five officers. Um, he was transported to a hospital where he later died. Body cam footage, what? I think, was released today, actually, January 27th. Mm -hmm. by the Memphis Police Department. Uh, the five police officers that were involved are uh, Tadarius Bean, Justin Smith, Demetrius Haley, Desmond Mills Jr., and Emmett Martin III. Um, and they have all been fired from the Memphis Police Department. Uh, all five men were black, um, according to an article by Rick Rojas of the New York Times. Um, what were you going to say, Shani? I'm sorry, I, I heard you. About to no, I was just about to say, like, from what I read, and don't, don't, don't shoot me for this on Sean King's social media. Oh, you know, you might get shot saying that name. I know, right? So this is not a funny situation, but you know, this guy is not a, you know, you'd have to know, learn about, on the back end. Huh? I said they would have to know on the back end about that, you know. um Corelli, yeah, I, I was thing. like, look, I'm just reporting what I read on the man's social media mm -hmm. where he actually just kind of describes it, where he says that um, the officers were actually laughing and bragging about um, beating Tyree, mm. um, saying that they were that those were the hardest punches they've ever thrown mm -hmm. uh, in their lives. Like they're calling them haymakers. Um, like, so yeah, so I just mentioned Sean King as just a point of reference as to where I got the information from, okay? Like, nothing else. Um, but, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's really, if that is indeed true, since I haven't seen the video, I don't really plan on seeing it, that is absolutely tragic. And it's more tragic in the sense of like, it's done by five black men man. to another black man. As if these five black men don't know what it is like to exist as a black man in this world. Like, I really feel that a lot of black people that get into law enforcement really do feel like when they put on the uniform, and I guess it's because of the socialization of police force. That's why they always say like, oh, like, we're, we're, oh, that's why you can with blue lives matter as if, as if blue protects them, which it does from accountability. Word. Um, but they, but these black officers really, I've noticed they put on their uniform and they think that like they're like, um, they're no longer black or like they, like they can take off their black struggle and black experience when their uniform comes on or that like their uniform absolves them from having to deal with the everyday reality of what it, what it, of what it means to be a black man in America. And it's like the, the level of cruelty, if what Sean King is describing is true, like, the level of cruelty that you have to take in your job to chase somebody down, hold them down by their hands um, so that they can't defend themselves and you're punching them over and over in the face and, and, and the body. One one man at that, and it's five of you guys. Very five. Cowardly. and Yeah, and apparently he was only 140 pounds. And you no, can tell that looking at the pictures of him, like... Yeah, very tall, very slim, and 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 they were like several, like they were like a couple, a few of the officers were double his his weight. Definitely. So why, why? And uh, you know, I give credit to the chief of police in Memphis for her who's assist, um, who <laughs> um, came out. I love this because you know she came out, you know, hair in place, eyeliner together, uh, makeup done. 
and was like, look, uh, what I saw was unconscionable. She's like, I've never seen anything like that in all of my career. And she said, look, I was even in law enforcement during Rodney King. She's like, I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just like, she, she literally said, I, can, I can't stand by this. So that, you know, so people thinking, and I also want to give some context, you know, because people were like, oh, you know, they were white officers. Um, they they wouldn't have gotten fired or charged so early. Um, I think there's a, I think Memphis just voted a new district attorney mm-hmm. um, in their office. And I think that district attorney is kind of like motivated to deal with, you know, cases of police brutality um, uh, and things like that. So I think we need to kind of like move away from like the black, white nuance that we're con- a lens that we're constantly giving um, cases like this where it is black enforcement officers harming black people versus white officers harming black people because what we have to we have to look at it from more of a systemic place mm-hmm. because it's, it's systemic racism it's systemic racism means that even if the people change but the system still exists the system is still going to function regardless of the people so whether we have all white officers or all black officers the behavior is still going to continue against black people because that's how the system has been set up mm-hmm. to function uh, is to oppress black people. So it doesn't necessarily matter the color of the officers or whether or not they were white. I mean, yes, there, there is a modicum of truth that, yes, if the officers were white, maybe there would have been a delay. Maybe there wouldn't have been an indictment so fast. But I do believe that if white officers had acted as savage, uh, as savagely as these men did, I think they would have been held accountable anyway, just given how the chief of police and the DA are responding on this on this issue. Yeah, I mean, you're right. In this case, in this town. Right. This right. case in this town right. at this in time. This, I'm, not saying all, I'm not saying all over. Right. Right, right, right. In this very specific, because it's still the, the ones that, um, was it with Tyreek? Like, they're, they were suspended. Right. Right? Like, they, they have not been. Not that I've seen or heard, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, <clears throat> they have not been uh, fired or anything. They acted. No, they haven't. No, they acted. They they act, they fired all the five officers right away. Yeah, they did. No, no, no. Here in Memphis, but I'm talking about. With, I think I said Tyree, but the. Uh, yeah. Oh, the officers in uh with Keenan in in L. A. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't believe they're fired. They're probably they're probably on paid vacation. They were suspended. They were they were right. put on suspension. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and like okay, so suspension, but it's like generally those are like paid leaves. So they right. said. Like, good, you know, good for y'all. Right. It was kind of like we were saying, Sean, like in the in the last episode, like for real, policing is archaic. Is. And there's just no other way around it. Absolutely. You know, the whole idea of how we do it, what we're doing it for, why, how it came about, everything about it. It's, and as Shani's saying, it's systemic. It's a system. It's a structure. And until this country's like really willing to like undo that shit, tear it down. We're just always going to have to deal with this. And there's no working on it from the inside like these nigga-ass cops thought they could. I'm you know, not even going to assume that they thought they could, right? I'm just tired, personally. It's like I said, like, I'm just tired, personally, of, of like, black and I'm not even going to say, like, Latino and all these other people because child model minority nonsense. But, like, I'm just that, like, any non-white person who believes they can, like, enter that specific system, that specific structure and like affect change from within. Like, how are you gonna do that when you're like, like when you're like a beat cop? Nobody's expecting you to be able to do any of that. 
And they were a part of some uh, program that they were having in Memphis. I, I don't know what the name of the program was, some kind of like police program where they were doing reform in the neighborhood. You know, they were like unclothed and um, in unmarked cars. So I don't even know how they encountered this young man pulling him over for reckless driving. Like that's like a traffic violation. Why would you yeah, be on that? What I read, the police chief said that there wasn't a substantial cause for them to have even pulled him over to begin with. Crazy. So it didn't even seem like they like the reckless. And I think that was just like a made up piss poor excuse to just harass, to profile mm-hmm. and harass somebody. And specifically him, if it, if like what they said, like, I don't know, whatever. And people were comparing this to the beating of Emmett Till in 1955. And it's so like funnily coincidental that one of the officers name is Till as well. So mm. it's so eerie. Okay. Very, very eerie. Yeah, his name is Emmett Martin the third, excuse me, not till his name is Emmett. Um but yeah, it's just grossly disgusting. Like as a black man, I don't know how many times and I think we, we talked about this in policing is archaic that I've been pulled over by the police for absolutely no reason, um, at gunpoint, uh, without guns, uh, for things that were unreasonable, like seeing my tail lights from the front of me. So it's scary to think that I'm just one traffic stop from being fucking shot to death is is a mm-hmm. crazy thought. Like, you know, like for some people, that's really crippling. And, you know, in the mind, like to think. Um, so it's just crazy that this is still happening. And this year is off to a quite a substantial start. Uh, with these situations. Very, very disheartening. Right. Um, uh, Praying for the Nichols family, also the Anderson family. Hopefully they can find peace amongst all of this chaos. Right. But yeah, it's really disgusting. Um, they They described it as them beating him like a human pinata. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, oh I definitely gosh. don't want to see that video either. I, I honestly, when I see these like videos or anything like, I, I turn it off because it's it's. I know some people are like desensitized to it, but like it still would affect me. Right. Yeah, like to see that, like to witness that is crazy. So yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what it's gonna take for us to get out this space. But um, yeah, I don't want to dwell on that. Anything else y'all want to add to that? You said what? I said, is there anything else y'all want to add to that? I don't want to dwell on it. Oh, no, that's that's my two cents, and I'm sticking to it. Yes. <laughs> you going to stick beside him? She going to stick beside him. No, I was trying to find, I was just doing some, like, searching, just trying to find, like, what's the number of uh, <clears throat> people who have, like, what's the number for police killings in this country? Mm. And I just keep seeing, like, the record number for last year right, of like 1,200 or so. Um, but then, like, I look down even further, and I'm like, I'm not seeing the database for this year, but like three weeks, and we've already had like 39-plus mass shootings. Like, it's really like, ooh, this country is just trash. Completely. It's so crazy, because my boy is doing six months, like, um, his job sent him to Sydney, and he, he just doesn't want to come back, <laughs> which is crazy, like... <laughs> But it's just a testament to how trash the United States is. 
Um, right? Could you imagine all them ginormous spiders and you'd rather stay there? Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Have somebody else to do yes, it. Yes, <laughs> You! That would be like, no. Um, you just got too many things, too many other things that'll kill you. You understand? <laughs> just, and I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about R. Kelly, but he kind of got uh, trumped by all of these other more important topics. Cause I, yeah. Yeah, him and his, uh, what is it, I Admit, this album that got released that he claims he did not release intent. Well, I guess he didn't release, but, you know, obviously somebody in his camp did. Somebody got to put money on his books. Uh, listen, oh? and my, my problem no. is not even with R. Kelly, because, you know, we've dealt with that. We've witnessed him peeing on women on video. Oh, not women, girls. Girls. Let's be clear. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and women, but yes, girls. Mm-hmm. My issue is with the black community. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say it. I'm yeah, say it. I'm a little fucking disgusted by you guys. Um, oh, you guys, hold up. Not you. Listen. My my thing is people continue. Oh, you're not gonna clear that up. Okay. I am. I'm <laughs> right now. I'm getting to that. People continue to put money into the machine that is R. Kelly. I understand that there be songs, right? Mm-hmm. But every time you go on your phone and you stream this song, the R. Kelly camp is being paid for that stream. You understand? You are continually paying for the, the, the rape and the torture of young black women just because you want to hear a song for three or four minutes. And I don't think it's worth the pleasure. You see, because you have common sense, Sean. You see that that comes from a place of a sense, you know, right? Discernment, right? But these people, like I told you, the cognitive dissonance. Yeah, a lot of these people be like, he has great music, as if there aren't a million and three thousand to the to the infinity power songs that you can listen to, because you want to listen to this one song that brings you back to one night in the club. Where you were able to touch your crush's butt. <laughs> uh-uh. um, At this point. Yeah, that song brings back, you know, and I get it. There's a lot, music is the soundtrack of our lives. Like music, so, certain songs trigger certain uh, moments and nostalgia in our life. But I personally can't, I cannot bring myself to enjoy an R. Kelly song anymore because it sounds like he's singing about little girls. Word. And especially like, especially over here in the black community. Uh, I believe I can fly. Had black graduations in a chokehold. Man, I sung that okay. at my sixth grade graduation. I sang that at my fifth grade graduation. I believe I can fly, and the fact that it's black children singing that song it bothers me so Yo, much. Now it's looking disgusting. back on it, like this man would have raped me, and I'm singing his song. Probably would have pissed on you. I'm sorry to say that, but he probably. Ooh, oh would've... my god! Not a golden shower. Not <laughs> not not uh, not not Carisha. Yo! Uh, what was the okay, thing? She's allowed to have her king. She no, she's is. allowed to have her king. And I don't want to king shame anybody. You're allowed to have your king as long as you're safe and it's consensual. I have something Period. to say about that since y'all brought that up the whole long. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, I just yes, even jump in? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all I over know, the place. Because I know that little piece of comment was also directed a little bit at me. Are you piss on people? <laughs> oh, okay. Let me clarify. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, it has happened. But don't let my Wait, stay but focused. No, what the hell? Back to R. Kelly. The R. Kelly comment. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, Sean, Sean and I have had this conversation, right, yes. where I don't, I don't listen. So, like, 
and I fully understand the whole entire piece of the whole entire conversation. The music that I like, you mentioned, Shaney, like to take you back to like those songs in the club and all that. I generally don't listen to any of those R. Kelly songs. Mm. Um, like the songs that I listen to are the ones, you know, like When a Woman Loves and all those other songs. And it, that doesn't make it much better. Right. But like those are the songs that for me as like a singer, I really, really appreciate. Right. And not that there aren't a million other songs to listen to. Generally, I listen to mostly non R. Kelly music, but like when one of those songs that I really love, specifically those like When a Woman Loves and like, um, uh, what is it called? Untitled, uh, is I think the name of it, where like the woman like leaves him and whatever. Um, when a Woman's Fed Up? No, 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 God, no. Um, uh, it's, it's actually, I think it's called Untitled, but either way, you know, it's like, those those songs you know um they just take me musically somewhere and i and i I just get i just get that piece Mm. right so it's hard to to create the separation for like those songs right like doya thong and like all that other nonsense i don't have time for those are like permanently thumbs down in like all of my playlists everywhere right like uh and it's just a small select group of songs that like if they play when they play right like i i do listen to them you know what I'm saying? And I recognize, like, how that is not helping the case. Uh, but, like, you know, I, I just look at folks, I think, and I extend a little grace to people for it, only because, like, it would be wrong for me not to, because I'm listening to some of his music. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and I, I've, I've been struggling to reconcile with it because it's like, you know, I know I'm not listening to, you know, move your body like a snake mile or any of that bullshit. Right. Uh, but I'm still listening to his music. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm just being an in integrity and saying, like, I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying. Uh, and for me, it's been a struggle because, like, I, I sing, right? Like, I, and his songs, the songs that he really, really put, like, his vocals into, mm-hmm. they, they are truly iconic songs. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, it's just difficult to make that separation. I'm, again, not talking about the shit in the club. Like, I, I don't, I don't fuck with any of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that in here. Um, and I don't, I wasn't like targeting you because I know that you're a reasonable young man. I think it's more so the people who just generally just say they don't give a fuck. Like, if you like present that point to them, like, it's like, oh, you know, I don't care about none of that. It's like, what the fuck do you care about, nigga? Like, right. instead, like, it, it's those people I think who really like strike a nerve. Um, but yeah, I think, and also in hindsight, there are a lot of songs that he's written or produced or featured on, and that may be too deep for some people to dwell into, to, you know, they're not going to be like fact checking every song that they like. Yeah. Like that, that's Mm -hmm. unrealistic to think. But for me, like, I I just don't want to hear that shit. Like, (laughs) like I just refuse to put any more money. Um, did, did you guys see the documentary surviving R. Kelly? Yeah, I did. I haven't seen any of the recent, like, I think, or was it, they have, like, another subset. Yeah, I didn't see that of episodes being released. I didn't want to see that because what I saw originally was a couple of years ago. It was too much. Yeah. Um, but just, I just want to bring up something here that I found shocking in what Carell said, which was, he said that he sings. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Neither was I, you troll under the bridge ass jerk. Yo. 
I chew. Uh-uh. I'm weak. I, when he said that, that literally took all the, the breath right Sean. out of my stomach. Yes, sir. I, to be fair, me 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 and Kirill have sung in the car before on a late night in New York City. And that man can hold a note. He can hold a tune. I have to say. He actually even gave me some training tips. Supporting to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so you can laugh so hard, really? So you, okay. <laughs> I thought that was the most shocking thing that he said out of his whole analysis, which is fairly I correct. It was just like, crying. wow, he sings? Okay. <laughs> so you really still not gonna say nothing, Sean? You didn't hear me? I just gave you a whole little. You missed that? When? I didn't hear that. Did you hear it, Shady? No, actually, I heard all her was silence, child. I hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was his connection, Corel. He was he was back. He was bigging you up. Yeah, I was. And his connection was being a no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Go ahead. You can say it now. We'll be quiet. Go ahead. I got it on my side. I don't think I need to repeat it. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you need to hear it in real time. No, I was saying um, we definitely have sung in the car before. And that mm-hmm. man can definitely hold a note, you know, on a late night in New York City. Uh, mm-hmm. Not with all these damn uh, constraints. Details, <laughs> details, right. details. It was like, yeah, it was in the car. You understand? Uh, you got to set the scene. In the car. You got to set the scene. Sun out. And like, it felt like an episode of Cadillac and Records and or something. And you know. my brothers weren't working. Yeah, you sounded real good. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during Libra season. I mean. <laughs> all right. No, nah, he's definitely giving me some. You know, good and damn right. Well, I, I be. I was gonna say I blow. Well, hold on not, now. See, that too. You that can't too. Be, yo, <laughs> pause. You can't be talking that shit and don't. We need to hear a, a note or something now. Delray me. <laughs> 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 a million jillion years and knows good and well better. Well, we were singing the Black National Anthem earlier together on the phone for no damn reason. So you can give the people what they want. And by singing, by singing a couple notes, you can even sing the ABC song. Let, let us hear yeah. it. Let us hear it. <laughs> right. We want to hear it. Not Patty LaBelle's. Uh, maybe be- Come on. <laughs> what was that song that she was singing? Patty LaBelle. And Patty LaBelle when she was on that stage. No. And no, not that's not the Christmas song. No. Yo. When they when, oh when they snatched her off the stage, she was like, "Wait, no, no, not no, that the, one." Where are my singers? <laughs> the, no, when she was singing the Christmas Carol at the White House. Yeah, the Christmas card, the the cue cards weren't moving fast enough. Go back, baby, I ain't done. Go back, go back. <laughs> she she didn't have a background singer. She kept saying, "Where are my background singers?" <laughs> Yo, Patty, Girl. a legend out here in these streets. Um, and also last episode, we talked about, um, Jennifer Hudson's talk show. And I think she's doing quite a good job. I haven't watched like a full really? episode. It was uh, boring as hell. Do like, it? It is super boring. I've been watching and like clips and they looked into, t- but they are clips, I guess. No, they don't. No, she always looks like a deer in the headlights. Like she'll <laughs> ask a question and then she'll like get on the edge of her seat and like lean in and yeah. smile and like, she'll be like, girl, calm down. What about, I, mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't know her to be like a conversationalist. I know she can hold right. a conversation, but like part of, being a talk show host is really providing entertainment value through conversation. I don't think she's necessarily equipped in that area just yet. Every episode Not engaging that enough. Sing, every episode she sings a song. 
And it's just, it's like, this is what you're like. And it's like I said to you back then on that last episode, like, she be, she could, she could, she, yeah, is she known for talking? Yeah, she like, who said this was a good idea? the house down, goddammit. Uh, you know, they gave Kelly Clarkson her show, and Kelly Clarkson opens her show with her singing every damn every damn time. She does too, right? And I'm not saying that Kelly Clarkson's things, but listen, none of them are going to do any better than Sherry Shepard, which I think, Sean, you mentioned, and I was like, yeah, I, was getting I don't to know that. about Sherry Shepard, right? But like, her, her, her thing is actually pretty good. Yeah. I actually like the Sherry Shepard show. Sherry is out here doing the damn thing. But I have seen. It's been actually not bad at all. Um, it's actually been pretty good. Jennifer Hudson's show is just a lot of like her sitting on the edge of her seat waiting for anything to come out that might be interesting so she could have a son. <laughs> and like, J-Hud, it's not it for me. Might as well have had Fantasia do like ebooks. And oh my God, you, shut yo, up. But she can read now. Shut up. Gotta chill. <laughs> what but you? is she doing book stuff? Okay. Nope. So anyway, I mean, it's just. Nope. Whew. I'm not. I, I don't see it for uh, Jay Hud show, and I, a bit more power to her. I just don't think it's gonna get too many more episodes, more, too many more seasons. Man, well, you know. The, I, I mean, I haven't looked at her ratings, but I just. I mean, no. I hope that she does get more seasons, yeah. even though I won't be watching because I just want her to get her bag. Yeah. Get your money. Absolutely. Do what yeah. you have to do. Use this as a stepping stone into something else. I hope it really does. You know, last for her till the wheels fall off. Right. I'm gonna ride this bitch till the wheels come off. Oh, oh we finally oh, got a, We finally okay. got a one two. We finally got a one two. Who said well, that? I don't know about a one two because uh, <laughs> that value was close to zero. We gotta because he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't putting all of his heart into it. I need you to give the people uh, Apollo Theater performance. Okay, let's, let's go, Kira. Right, well, first, let's go to the Apollo Theater. Little Kim and uh, Remy Ma was just at the Apollo Theater the other day, actually, and they so did. So what's his face? Who that? Drake. Drake, yeah. Oh yeah, he was too. Yo, you know, after that Drake concert at the Apollo, the police was outside videoing every single person that came out. Yeah. You guess they're using it for their facial recognition software or something. Yo, pol- that's what everybody was saying, but they came out. Adams, you know, Mayor Chop Cheese came out and said <laughs> that. Uh, it was actually for uh, like community, like a community, because th- that officer apparently works in like a unit that does community engagement, and so like they were trying. So to we had to come that- to a Drake concert for community engagement, right? I guess really. They were trying to shout them out in that in that precinct that covered that area, that catchment area, whatever. That's you know, but again, anything to to uh, to police black bodies in in New York City. Let me know that they're garbage. And so Yeah, but stalking people outside of a hip hop concert where it's known that the the NYPD has targeted problematic rappers specifically, especially in this era of drill music. Mm-hmm. Um they really but then again, these drill rappers really be confessing their sins in these songs. Like Yo, uh, all the sins. All the sins. I e twenty one savage. I was like, y'all need to take it back to like nineteen ninety three. Just if, confess to your pen pal, write a letter, put your name on it. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> don't be on Clubhouse talking about how many bodies you fucking drop. Like that shit is not going to be spread all around the world. But then they want to get high and boohoo tears because somebody listened to a song and put it in a in testimony. Like, friend, you know, I told you to put that out there. Yeah, but right. people are questioning all that. But sweetie, they're listening to you. And people that you done bodied in the because tra- that was bold. Have you heard some of the songs? Yo, that no, crazy. Got the names of people that they done put out. 
They need to they need to start adding the word allegedly to the to these lyrics. <laughs> Something. So I allegedly put a bullet in it. Right. I mean, we all gonna be like allegedly. <laughs> right. If you're a rapper, you're supposed to be a storyteller. It should be easy to you know change a few details or you know switch some shit up. I don't understand what the problem yeah. is. Use a code name, something, or just say put that nigga down. We all just gonna believe, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty straightforward, friend. Or why do you even have to rap about it in general? Like, there's so many other things to rap about. That part. Yeah. That part. But this has been an amazing episode, guys. We is gonna wrap it up. Yes. I'd like to thank y'all for joining me, Shannon and Q. Um, I can't wait to hear Critical Laugh Theory. Do we have a trajectory on when that is gonna drop? Sometime in mid-March. Mid-March? Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. And is there anything else you guys have before we get out of here? Yeah, you have you want you have a song that you want to take the people out on, uh, Corral? Oh. Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> uh this one goes out to my mom and Shani and Dashaun. Oh my god. And Dashaun. Okay. Here we go. Uh this one's really, really near and dear to my heart. Way in the water. <laughs> Oh man, all right. Thank y'all for listening to the random assortment episode seven. We out. Peace.